I just want to tag on to that as well about the generosity of you as a people and volunteering incredibly. You do not know the seeds planted, the impact, the ripple effect of making a splash like last week. Talking of making an impact, we have got uh, another, I say the word another, we as a church are here to meet the needs of the world, not just our own neighborhoods. And so we frequently have the opportunity to support people all over the world, but we have people from here who go. And so uh, we have got another team going out this time to Mexico in the coming days. People from Grace partnering with developing workers. So if you guys who are going to Mexico soon are here, would stand. I want to commission you into that mission going out. Oh, there's a crew over here. There was some here also at the nine going out. Um, giving of their, their, their time and their resources to go and make a difference and meet needs physically, emotionally, spiritually to those people. So join me in prayer as we commission these people who will go and be the hands and feet of Jesus in the coming days. Jesus, we first of all say thank you, and yet you said go. You said go. And so I thank you for the obedience of our brothers and sisters here who are giving of their resources and their time and their energy to go and be your hands and feet in Mexico in the coming days. But I pray, Lord that you fill them with your supernatural courage and strength. Lord, we know you've gone before them and we're asking for protection, but Lord, we just pray this. May what they do quite literally see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And may they be filled with the joy of walking with you, but with the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill them to overflowing. That you may be glorified by how they serve you in the coming days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, team. Appreciate that. All right. Here we go. If you've got a Bible, turn to Mark 12. Uh, at 5 a.m. this morning, I was preparing about 4.30. Everything was all written back on Thursday, the whole thing. I'm going through my notes, and as I'm going through it, I'm going, oh, there's more, oh, there's more, oh, there's more. I thought, uh-oh. So I've literally decided to cut this into two parts this week and next week. Um, and then at the 9 o'clock, I realized I had to cut even more out. So we've definitely got at least two parts um, this week and next week. Why? Because it is too important, too important to skip over it. Too important to go light on it. Too important because it makes such a difference. Why are you finding Mark 12? I'm going to read from 28 to 34. Go verse by verse, but only preach 28, 29, 30. We haven't got time to do more. It's that important. Just while you're there, by the way, if you got an email from me this week, just to let you know, hundreds and hundreds of you received scam emails. Oh, it was a scam. It was a scam. They were in four different styles. Some even had my photograph on them. Some were there with it. It looks really good. Just always, here's a warning. Always check the email address. Unless it's a graceaz.com, it's bogus. If it's a Gmail or anything else, they look really convincing. So I know hundreds of you received. I never directly email you asking for things. Okay? If in doubt, call us. But I know many of you did. It wasn't me. All right? But just be on guard. It's been happening for years, but this week they kind of cranked it up. Um, so important, but not important. Shall we get to what's important? Mark 12, 
verse 28 to 34. I'm going to read it all, and we'll cover this in the next two weeks. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. I'm going to break down, I'm going to go verse 28, give context, unpack all of this. The most important. I think we've heard this so many times. I'm going to say this. We've heard it so many times. I think we just don't spend time digging beneath it. And when I've spent time digging beneath it, this is everything. Verse 28 again. Here we go. Let's see what it says. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. We see in the text, in the previous verses and chapters in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is engaging with these people in debates, discussion. There's Pharisees, there's Sadducees, members of the Sanhedrin, there's priests, there's teachers of the law, there's Herodians, and they're coming with questions. Some of them is, who are you? What authority do you have to say this? Some of it is a little bit, let's see where he stands on things. What about paying taxes to these Roman guys? We don't like that. What do you think? What about the afterlife? and do we get married in the afterlife and what happens to all of that and there's a, a lot of different questions that different people have reasons for some scholars think they were trying to catch Jesus out some of them were some of them were trying to poke at him and get fun but at the same time me when I read this Mark text I don't believe this particular teacher of the law is trying to catch Jesus out because of the second part which we won't get to this week it'll be next week with his response to Jesus in his response to Jesus, he quotes seven scriptures from five books of the Old Testament. Don't go, that's next week. That's moving on. That was so, anyway, moving on. So all these things are connected. And so he asks a question, of all the commandments, which is the most important? He asks that question, of all of them, which is the most important? I need to know this. That wasn't an unusual question because different rabbis would have different answers. Jesus' answer is brilliant. Well, of course it is. But different ones. There's this ancient rabbi, uh, Rabbi Simlai, who even says, there are 613 commandments from Moses. And he looks at it and he says, now, of all them commandments, David... In the Psalms, narrows it down to 11. Then you see Isaiah narrow it down to three at times, initially six, and then you see Micah narrow it down to three, and then Isaiah narrow it down to two, and then even Amos narrow it down to maybe one. And they narrow it all down, some of those things like, you know, seek me and live. It's the Amos one, you know. 
All these different commandments are narrowed down. So what do you think? What do you think? Of all of them, which is the most important? So you need to know it's not an unusual question, but I think there's something in this teacher of the law who knows all these 613 commandments. What's the most important one? What's the most important one? And anything when Jesus says in response in verse 29, the most important one answered Jesus, you should all go, this is the most important. I'm going to say this, out of all the gospel of Mark in the whole text, right here, right now, this is number one. Because Jesus says so. <laughs> the most important thing in your life is being answered now. The number one thing on this earth is answered right now. That's how important this is. And so he says this, here it is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Oh, he's quoting Deuteronomy 6. He's gone to that commandment and he lays up with the bit before it. Now this is what's known as the Shema, the great Shema. Shema is Hebrew for the word listen or hear. In other words, ready, listen up. Gang, listen up. Hear, O Israel. Hear, my people. The Lord is God. The Lord is one. This is who he is. He's leaning in. It's, it's, don't, don't, don't get diverted. This. this is what it is. There's even something beautiful about the Hebrew in that phrase. The hero Israel, the Lord is God, the Lord is one. Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. There's something about it that makes you go, oh, I don't even understand Hebrew. But that sounds enticing. And it's true. And then he goes into the command. And he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Let me read it from Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Notice the difference? Anybody hear a difference? Raise your hand if you heard a difference. Good. Jesus adds in with all your mind that's not in the Shema. He adds it in. How rude. Why does he add it in? Now, it's true throughout all the scriptures, the mind and loving God is connected all throughout. But there's been a debate and discussion, a lot of intellectual conversation, a lot of head knowledge, a lot of that. And Jesus intentionally goes, okay, I'm gonna put it in there. Are you loving God with your mind? Or is it all about what I know? He goes there and he leans in hard. We all know Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, he'll make you pass straight. He's, there's all kinds, of, but he puts it in there. He's not wrong in putting it in there, but he's going to the felt need. He's going to the point of where the people are, but we'll get to it. But there's these four things, and I'll break them all down later. But I'm going to lean in, and this is why I'm going to stay today on love God. The loving others bit, we'll get to next week. But if we go over this bit too fast, the loving others Sadly, in this world and in the church, we need to be careful. We've put loving others before loving God. And that's not what Jesus said. The overflow of loving God is loving others. How we love others has got to come from loving God. 
Loving God is the absolute starting point of all morality of humanity. All morality flows from loving God first. And how we love other people is loving God first is how we love other people. Otherwise, if it's just love others, then we can approve of everything because we love them. But if we love God first, how we love others is affected. We'll go there next week. And it's really important, really important. So love God first. Number one. The number one thing is love God. Number one. I'm going to break down the heart, soul, mind, and strength shortly. Not yet. But that's also important for us to understand. It really helps us understand. So I was dwelling on this, and then I just came up with this definition. If loving God is the starting point, all morality flows from loving God, then I believe this is true. All of sin is a failure to love God first. Whenever we sin, it is a failure to love God first. Because if we love God first, then we don't take that step. If we love God first, then we don't respond that way. If we love God first, then we don't treat. We don't, if we love God first. All sin comes from a failure to love God first. Remember Eden. Love God first. Trusting God with everything, adoration and love with all, it flows from there. Remember the original sin. It flows from a failure to love God, trust God first. All of it comes from there. So what we need to do in renewing all things is come back to loving God first, which is why I believe we need to spend time on it, which is why worship, worship, I'm not just talking music, but it's not apart from music either. I'll get into that maybe today a lot next week. Worship is critical. You were created. You were designed to worship. It's just what you worship. Now, with that in mind, all of life's choices, all of life, you could say your filter, if it's based on love God first, change everything. Change everything. Because it's not based on just how I feel. Men, as a, if you're a husband... If it's love God first, that will dynamically affect how you love your wife. Love God first, therefore. It's got nothing to do whether or not she's been good or she's ticked you off. There's a love God first. How you do your job, how you live your life, how you treat others, how you think of others, how you respond to situations, how you draw in. It's love God first. It flows from that. The other time in the Gospels in Matthew when Jesus is asked this question, it says, all the law and the prophets hang on these. Hangs on love God, love others. Everything hangs on that. But what we want to do is we go, this is, we love others, we love others, and we'll love God. Or, this is my life, this is my life, this is my life, and I love God. And Jesus is going, no, the most important one, the first and foremost, is this one. So because I love God, this is how I respond. Because I love God, I won't do this. 
That's the context. I can get into more examples, but I'm, I'm really keen on getting through this, but also giving us time to dwell on it. The emphasis that Jesus is responding here, he's saying this, look, if you truly love God, the, the command, if the commandment is to love God. Now, I don't know about you, the reason I am here this morning, the reason I wanted to come and gather with brothers and sisters in Christ and worship, the reason is to declare that I love God. My reason I am here is not so I can know that he loves me. Whoa, whoa, Des, what did you say? No, sit with me on this. My, for some of you, you are here to question, does God love me and is he real or not? I'm so glad you're here. For me, I choose to enter the house of the Lord with his people. I am going to praise the name of the Lord because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. I am responding to the command of God today. Love him with everything. I am here to express my adoration of God. That's the priority. That's the number one thing. If you're still discovering, is he worthy of that love? Then here we go. Worship is the word worth-ship. Worthy. Is he worthy of my adoration? Does, is he worthy of my love? Of my everything? They're critical things to know. People have looked at holiness and tried to make holiness pure Christian living and gone, I've got to keep these rules. I've got to stop doing this. I've got to start doing that. And I need to be holy, 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 holy. Can I just say it? Please say with me. For the most part, for many people, you've, it feels like you've lost life, not gained life. And so you go, what does this look like? Yeah, but I don't do this, and I don't do this, and I don't do this, and I do these good things, and I do these good things. Holiness should be an expression of my love for God. The reason I live like this is because I love God. The, the drive isn't, oh, I've got to keep God happy. The drive is because I love God, knowing that he loves me, knowing all that he's done, because I love God, I don't want to do that. Because I love God, I choose that. So classic case in point, when I was in England for many years in youth ministry, I got to go into public high schools all the time. Bear in mind the context and the culture. For my kids, their high schools, a thousand students, 10 of them were believers. Context, okay? So in a public high school, we get out and we talk about relationships and everything else. And so you go to where they're at. And I remember this one, I, it came back to me this, this morning in my preparation time. I got this flashback of reminder. I'd be in a classroom of high schoolers in England and we'd be there and you'd talk relationships and nine times out of ten, most of them are interested. And you go there and go, okay, girls, I'm going to give you a, a warning. If you ever hear this line from a guy, like, number one, run a mile. Number two, at least be on guard. And number three, he's been really selfish. And all the guys would be like, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And all the girls would lean forward. And it would be this. Girls, a guy may use this line. He may be dating you and he'd go, oh, I love you. And if you love me, 
we'd sleep together. It's just an expression of my love. Like, if you really love me, you'd let me do this. And I'd go, the guy's busted. You're using love to get what you want. You are manipulating a situation to get, and you're even using emotional blackmail to say, if you love me, then you would. Like, and whenever that's used, it's, it's never a good thing. The, the questioning of all of that. I said, girls, here's your response. Your response is, if you love me, I'm worth waiting for. That's not rocket science, is it? And so, back in the day, when me and Mel were dating, which is a long time ago now, we celebrate being married for 31 years in two weeks' time. Back in the day, when we were, when we were dating, the reality is, because I love God and I love you, I'm going to honor God because that's best for you. So because I love you, we are going to do what the Lord says, because it is best. So because I love you, you are worth waiting for. Because I love you. Now, that's in a human level. Look at it from a God perspective. It's got to flow from a because I love God, I love God, I love God, I love God. First, and trust him with the next. Trust him with the next. So, how I love God is an expression. That's my worship. That's how I express that. So let's break them down. Heart, soul, mind, strength. Okay? Let's go for it. They're different. And sometimes it, it's like, oh, I'm a little confused. We could say, love God with everything. I get it. I like that answer. But what does that mean? There's a specific, and Jesus brought down the specific, and here's what it is. Heart. All. By the word, the word all. I mean, set the standard. All your heart. Heart in this context is this. I love God with all my heart, which is about a commitment. It's an intention. It's a absolute priority it is a choosing to that's why you get this phrase you've got a divided heart no divided heart don't split the worship love God with all your heart there is a faith in loving God there's a it's a choice it's a commitment therefore I choose to praise I choose to worship it's all throughout the scriptures I'll even read some today Bless the Lord, all oh my soul. I'm telling myself. You bless the Lord, all oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving and with his courts with praise. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will forever be on my lips. I will. There's a choose. So when it comes to loving God with all my heart, that's got to do with your intention, your priority, your commitment. It is a First, I choose. Love God first. It's a daily decision. It's a priority to choose to worship. All my soul. Soul here is, it's more emotional. Okay? There is deep emotion. This is love. And I'm just going to say, oh, you know, I've got to be careful about not being too emotional in loving God. I'm like, what? 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 This isn't just love God with all your mind, period. 
God with all your heart, with all your soul. That's not felt in the core of your belly. Love him with all your, there is a desire. There's a desire and there's a growing of that. Like any relationship, I'll bring it back down to earth again for the human level. When you start dating a person, you want to know more about them, but there's a desire. You enjoy being with them. Oh, there's getting all into feelings. The Lord created us. Okay? You need to know this. There is to, the scriptures are full of sorrow and joy and weeping and dancing and celebrating and suffering and lamenting. It's all in there. It's all in there. And so with that, there's this thing in the emotion, but here's what really helps. I believe loving God with all my soul has got everything to do with my purposeful living. Meaning. It's about meaning. It's the why. When I love God with all my soul, it gives me reason. Why am I here? Why am I doing this? What am I living for? Who am I living for? How am I loving God and how therefore is an overflow of loving God is my whole worldview, my whole how I treat everything in my sphere of influence being drastically changed. Loving it with my soul is this expression of meaning and purpose. That's why it's not, oh, I do this with my life and I invite God into it. This is what I'm going to do. Hey, God, I'm going to do this. Can you like help me out? No, God, I love you first and out of love for you, God, today this is what you're, I'm loving you. It's an overflow of loving you. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. It's a different soul position of life meaning. That's what it's about. He is first. That means who doesn't want to live a life with a full soul? How do I fill my soul? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Love God first. And live life but flowing from that statement first and you find that you live a life soul-filled. But if I crave, and this is true, we long to get our soul filled wherever we can. And the enemy has counterfeit soul fillings available to us. You just need this, you just need that. If only you were this, if only you were that. If It's full, isn't it? Because the enemy wants to attack the very core essence of what matters most. Love God. With all your heart, with all your soul. And now he goes to with all your mind. The one he added in this particular day, because of who he was speaking to, but that means this. Love the Lord your God with all your intellect. That's what it means. With all your thinking and with all your learning, all this desire to know more, what if this was an overflow of an expression of loving God? Because God is this. How much more can I know about him? I want to know more of him. I want to know more of what he says. I want to know more of what he's done. I want to know more of what he thinks. I want to know more of how I get to love and learn from him. I want to, I want to, I want to. You can love the Lord your God with all your mind or you can just... Just gain knowledge and knowledge puffs up. It's the opposite of worship. It's pride. 
So here's the warning one. That's why I believe Jesus went in. All these guys were posturing and asking him questions about different things. This is why Jesus is brilliant. He knows that. They're all jostling for position. I know more. I'll try and catch you out, Jesus. Look at my genius. I've got it all memorized. I miss. Just be warned, friends. In your engaging in the scriptures, is the purpose for you to gain more knowledge so you know more than somebody else? Or is it to know God? And know him more. And so you can worship the Lord in learning more about him. Some of him, some of you in this room, you feel closest to the Lord when you're learning more about him. It's because you're wired with an intellectual pathway. That's good. You have that. But remember, the enemy wants to get you away from worshiping God. And if he can just get you craving, oh, I know more, but not know him more, it's got you. He always wants to get our worship onto something else. We want to study more of God because we love him. That's why I've said it time and time again. I don't open my Bible to learn more stuff. I open my Bible to meet him. It's a this, this relation to meet him, to discover more of him, to discover more of what he's done and more of who he is and more of how I respond and to discover more from that. Let me ask you a question before I get on to the big one, which is the, with all your strength. Oh, three questions. What is the number one thing occupying your heart? today as in your commitment your intentionality your priorities do you have a divided heart it's common is your heart filled with choosing to love God first what's occupying your heart secondly what's occupying your soul when you wake up in the morning what's your purpose what's your meaning what's your desire and affection and I use the word emotion for things of God and for him. What's occupying your mind? What's in your mind right now? We're living in an, an age where there's so much troubling our minds. The enemy is going for it. And what if we were to say, I've got all this going on in my mind, but I'm going to set that to one side and choose to love the Lord my God. I'm going to love him and put my life, and here's the beauty, we get to it next week. When we choose to worship him, and it's not just music, but it is music. Not just, when we choose to worship him, you align things into divine order. Things may be chaotic, and there's a lot going on, but we want divine order. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things. There's a priority order and Jesus is nailing that most important thing. We, we need to align that. I can't tell you, the, it happens all the time for me. When I'm not focused, when I'm struggling with priorities, when my own life is a little bit, I've been making dumb decisions, I've not been following through on certain things, I'm not feeling creative, I'm not even hearing the voice of God very clearly, I'm not fully understanding his word. I just down tools and start to worship. It's not because I even want to choose to Lord, with all my heart <laughs> without fail divine order divine order 
Does everything get resolved? No, not always. But divine order. Often in our prayer life, we're coming to God asking for things, which is good. But when I love God, I'm giving him myself. Rather than asking from him, I'm giving to him divine order because he is the only one who is worth my worship worthy let's get to the strength one. Oh, I wish I had another hour okay here we go when people looked at the meaning of the Hebrew word for that word strength it's not even a word it's a sound the word strength here is all about physical this is physical this is very much about our bodies. It's very physical. The word is more a sound, and the sound can be put down to um, oomph, or to help you out. Maybe you've got to pick up a heavy thing, and when it's heavy, you kind of go, this is what living God with all your strength is. It's a full exertion. It's a, it's not living God with a, hey. It's, I can, there's a depth, there's an oomph, there's a grit, there's a resilience, there's a passion, there's a fire, there's a fight for, there's a real, with all your strength, all your strength. This is what, I, am I loving God with all my strength? And this is definitively connected to your physical being. You were created as an orchestra, did you know that? You have within you, the Lord put it within you. This is it. Throughout all cultures, all generations, all spheres, the human being responds to music like no other art form. It's seen. Because the Lord sings. He rejoices over you with singing. There's something in there. You're given a percussion instrument. Feet and hands. You're the percussion instrument. Even if you don't have rhythm, you can still pick it up. Even your fingers can click. You've got this percussion in you. It's in your very strength. Your very physical body can be an expression of worship to God. And then obviously you have an instrument in your vocal cords, however out of key it may be. You have this instrument within you, but then you were never about just on your own because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. When we come together, but it's all your strength. I am going to go there. There is something that I don't understand when we are declaring, we did that new song with a thousand hallelujahs. That word hallelujah, that's a God word. Why is it we keep hallelujah? Why do we keep hallelujah, hallelujah? It's not English. It means praise the Lord. Why don't we just do praise the Lord, praise the Lord, which we do. But hallelujah is this global word for praise the Lord. We can be with anybody else in any other culture and hallelujah, yes. With any other brother from any other culture, with any other sister, hallelujah. But the hallelujah is hallelujah. It's never a hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not defined in that anywhere in Scripture. It's a hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Get it out with all your strength. All of it. So with a thousand hallelujahs, I'm like, come on. Oh, it's different personalities. Some people are more reserved than others. Like, okay, I get it. I may be 
a kind of a passionate-ish person. So you think it's okay. But I'm telling you, when I was a young teenager, I wasn't a, come on, Jesus, I wasn't a, ah, I came as I discovered more and more of how great my God is. I was very concerned about what other people might think. You know what I mean? Well, my hand just might go up, get down. What are you doing, Des? Come on, what people might think. You know, I'm like, I'm not saying that you worship better. My heart isn't what other people think. I want to worship God with all my strength. Oh, therefore, in the Corinthians, it says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. C.S. Lewis said, you are always in a temple, always worship. And whilst we are on this earth, we are called to worship the Lord, love him with all our strength. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means. I'm just going to encourage you to all of you, engage in that, even in your own private time. And you know, like I'm in the car, I sing like Pavarotti. I'm like, come on, here you go. I don't sound like him, but I'm like, come on. It's just everything in me. You can be in a space where you can let it rip if you want, but it's so important. With all of it, the scriptures are full of it. With clapping, the fields of the trees are going to clap their hands. The trees of the field, sorry. They're going to clap their hands. Even the rocks will cry out in worship. We've been singing something about, come on. I am choosing of all of life with all my strength to love God first. And so it's worshiping God when I actually consider that this temporary dwelling in its slow decaying is a place where I get to worship the Lord from. So think about that. Don't abuse it. That's why the scriptures talk about this. Don't give this gift of God to sin, to immorality. Take rest serious. Look after this dwelling that in its slow decay and aging is my adoration of God vessel. With all, with all. I'm, I'm, I'm so many different worship songs at different times in different ways in different genres of music. What is it about music that can bring me to tears with no lyrics? Something reverberates in my soul. You know, I, and you know me. Literally, the other day, I'm like, I, I got the Gladiator soundtrack on in my car. Not just the one song, all of them. I tell you, I could have run through 20 walls. I would have attempted 20 walls. I'd have hit one and fell. But what is it about music that gets in our very the Lord and how am I going to focus all of that you die get enough point Des move on quickly here's a big point that's critical today 1 John 4 19 you see love my love for God doesn't get me to God he comes to us we love because he first loved us you have to know this is critical so I'm leaving it to the end it's critical. 1 John 4, 9, it's not on the screen. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. 
This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He comes to us. He does it for us. Our response to him is, okay, Jesus said in John 14, if you love me, you will obey what I command. What did he command? What's the most important commandment? Love God with all heart, all soul, all mind, all strength. It's a response to him. It's a response to him daily. And we don't have to earn it. It's paid for by his grace. But our faith in the Lord, we love him first. So this is what we're going to do today. Uh, this was a kind of a last minute-ish change this morning as I was preparing with the team. And that's this. Uh, we're going to do two songs at the end. And because I, I, I need to give you the time and space. During this time, prayer, prayer partners and elders will be at either side over here available for you. You've got something in life that is actually causing you to have a divided heart. You're not able to love God with all your heart because right now there's some real hurt. Bring it. Let's pray. Maybe it's the soul thing. Maybe there's some really emotional thing and there's a purpose for living and meaning that you just feel lost right now. Come forward for prayer. Maybe in the whole mind thing, maybe you've got some real anxiety going on or struggle, or maybe you've realized you've got a real pride issue and your knowledge is, I know more about God, but I don't feel closer to God. You need to, we need to divine order that one. Come for prayer. Whatever has been a barrier for you being all in in worshiping the Lord, come out for prayer. So I'm going to invite prayer partners, elders, come down now. And then we're going to sing King of Kings first. And the reason for that is this is, we need to be reminded of the gospel. We need to be reminded that he is the King of Kings, but this is how he demonstrated that. And we sing truth. And then we declare truth. And you hear the story, the narrative of God's story and his kingdom. And next week, we'll see how we live that out even more. And then after that, we're going to go back into singing that new song, A Thousand Hallelujahs. And I'm going to encourage you to cause your lungs to bleed. To, to get your heart like out. The music's loud. You don't have to be concerned about being heard. I'd rather you declared it with all, with all your strength and play it safe. This is the king of the universe. He doesn't deserve my play it safe. He don't stop being all domesticated and tame and neat and tidy. Being uncivilized, I will. Ugh. David was rebuked for worshiping God with everything. He danced naked, but we won't get into that there. But he danced before the Lord, and he was rebuked for it. And he said, you know, before the Lord, I'll become even more undignified than this. That's in the Bible. Because he's worthy of it all. I don't care what you think. My king wants me to love him with all. So here we go. All right, let's pray. King Jesus. We choose today 
to say, because you first loved us, because, God, you so loved the world, you gave your one and only Son, because we accept that even though when we were still sinners, Christ died for us, because you said the wages of my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, because you said, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because you, thou, say, we have life and life in all its fullness by believing in you, by trusting in you, by following you, by surrendering in you, by trusting in you with all of our heart. Because of all that, we now choose today to express our adoration to you. Would you fill us, Holy Spirit, to overflowing that beyond today, into tomorrow, into every sphere of life that we have, we will say, I am here, I love God first. And from loving God first, there is divine order and the kingdom of heaven is closer as a result to other people. I thank you, Jesus, and for anybody in the room right now whose heart or soul or mind is struggling in pain, Lord, would you give them the courage just to step out and come for prayer? This is too important. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the enemy from causing the children of God to sit back. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 See you all next week.